We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody we are back it's another exciting edition of the outside the box podcast right here on underground sports philadelphia kyle bennett and on the skype line sadly dude you not sitting next to me is it's heartbreaking and it's been a while since we recorded too but otb herm is on the skype line i'm gonna need you just to go ahead pull that chair a little bit closer to you and wrap your arm around it because i mean it's like i'm there and you're giving me a hug. But you know what, guys? It is a great week. We are back. Lacrosse is back. And we have probably one of the best playoff series we're about to ever get. I am could not be more excited. And I think that we have a lot on tap for you guys. I mean, this is a full episode. So stay tuned. And uh, I'm just I'm so excited, man. This weekend's going to be great. Columbus, Ohio. I've never been to Columbus. I've been to Ohio, but never Columbus. So... I mean, I'm in for a little bit of a hoot here. Yeah, I've never been to the state of Ohio, so I'm very excited, uh, especially since I have a bunch of like really close friends that live in Ohio that are probably going to be coming out to the games, too. We're going to introduce them to the sport of lacrosse uh, this weekend, but I'm very excited to get back You know, after my long hiatus after uh, the 4th of July weekend that I took um, to kind of just keep things rocking and rolling for the network and everything. Sent Herm and Alex on some adventures out in Denver, and Herm went to Canada, and now I'm back, man. I'm, I'm stoked. You guys went to and Albany. Albany. Yeah, don't forget about Albany, man. I mean, that was the best crowd I've been with all year long. And now I am back for the first time in two months. Yeah, but you know what? You're well-rested. That just means extra interviews, extra media whatever's you do and we're just gonna get after it man because this is a jam-packed weekend full of a lot of cool stuff starting off with a pretty huge game honestly in my opinion just as big as any playoff game that happens in the next three weeks yeah we've got chrome and atlas going for the number one draft pick uh in next year's college entry draft the winner of this game moves on to uh play for that draft selection against the loser of redwoods and archers it's going to be very exciting to see how this game goes down because chrome's only going to have one goalie in this game because brett queener dropped his appeal and uh he will not be available for chrome in this matchup so it's going to be the galloway show in columbus the entire game yeah i mean that's First of all, let's just address the elephant in the room. I think Brett Queener did the right thing here. He yes. said that he got some extra video from the league on the situation, the altercation that he was mixed up in. And we basically said the same thing on the podcast last week that, you know what, he wasn't 
trying to hurt Jules in any way, shape, or form. We know he's a good dude, and they definitely had had a conversation directly after that game to talk about what had happened and that he had to apologize and do whatever he had to do to make everything right, in which he completely laid it all out there on his Instagram and said that he did all of those things. So, honestly... Not tipping my hat to what Brett Queener did. However, tipping my hat to the man that he is this week and showing the younger crowd how you take responsibility for something that you did, whether you meant it or not. And so Galloway, I mean, he's got a lot. He's got a big task on his hand this weekend. I mean, this this is a huge pick, in my opinion. I think that whoever is able to get this number one pick gets one of the top talents you can possibly have in the league. So, I mean... I think that this is going to be a tight game. I really hope it is. I hope Galloway can come out and show out and not feel any pressure on the situation. But, I mean, they, they're facing a hungry Atlas team here that is pissed off, honestly, because they thought they had they had They, they did had everything they could. Right. They, they did everything that they could have possibly done to clinch a playoff spot, and then my Redwoods popped off, and Archer's got the dub. So they're playing for a draft pick, which, I mean, isn't the worst thing, sure, you want to play for a championship, but for that Atlas team that, you know, coming into the season we said was going to be, like, almost a surefire lock for the playoffs, to go and potentially have a shot at the number one pick to add to a team that has Paul Rabel, Trevor Baptiste, Eric Law, like, Jack Jack Kincannon at goalie, our boy Cade Van Rapports, like, that squad is stacked, and that's just, you know, five guys that I listed off. On a team that has played together for a while because it's mostly Team USA guys, but that team is loaded, and to be able to add one of the top young talents coming into the professional game outside, you know, from college, could be lethal. Oh, I mean, lethal is a complete understatement. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, actually, I'm going to bring this up right now. It's kind of out of context here, but the other night, one of our loyal followers, great follower, Coach Eric Finley, brought up. He will asked us both a question about who we thought would be going number one overall. I, of course, said Grant Ament out of Penn State. The kid is so freaking talented. He is a dynamic player. He's a game changer for any team that he's on. He's a large human being. He'll make stuff happen. And with that, I think that whoever gets this pick, whether it's Chrome or Atlas, will be able to just take their game to a whole nother level with Grant on their squad. So, I mean, that's going to be a huge pick, man. And... Honestly, it's game changer because that's the type of guy who could take a chrome offense from this last place spot with a still positive goal differential and make them a runner contender in the championship series with a very large goal differential. Yeah, plus we saw what Penn State did during the college season this year and he was a huge part of it. So I mean Right. I mean he literally put the team on his back. He's the most talented player in the nation right now, and I cannot wait to see what he does in the future. That being said, I mean these two teams are kind of setting up the archers who, if they aren't able to get through this weekend, to get a face-off guy and in this draft, which would be just as equally as conducive, I guess, to mm-hmm. what they're trying to do. So if the archers are able to maybe win the championship and then go get this face-off guy or a face-off guy, I mean that's going to completely change their game because right now they're losing the game at the face-off X. If you're not winning face-offs, you're not getting possession. And so, I mean, if Archer's able to kind of sneak something out right here and then get a face-off guy, that would be huge for their club. Yeah, I mean, and all of these games obviously are important because we've got the, you know, the battle of the top two seeds with Whip Snakes and Chaos. Uh, you know, the game that started it all gets to kick off the postseason. 
And then, uh, you know, we've got the two teams that have played each other the closest in the two matchups they played against each other this season with Redwoods and Archers for... I think I think that we have the three most interesting matchups we have seen in one weekend all season. Mm-hmm. Because they are the all the teams that match up the best, and they're just going to absolutely go at it. I mean, we are going to see blood bats out there on the field. So, I mean, I'm I'm amped. But, but let's get into this Archers-Redwoods game let's that we it. have. I mean, your Redwoods are coming in hot. And Joe Keegan took a pretty hot take on Twitter today and said that he believes that the Redwoods defense will lead them to a championship. I, I like the way Joe Keegan thinks. Shout out to Joe Keegan, loyal follower yeah. of the pod. Yeah, I mean, if if that is the route that he thinks is going to go, I mean, I can kind of see where his point was. Garrett Eppel, a guy, for example, leads the league in forced turnovers and ground balls right now, and he is a, a complete silent but deadly horse. And not only and, does he lead the league there, he leads it by a landslide. Right. He is by far the most... Uh, elusive. No, he wreaks the most havoc. Right. Yeah, and he he makes makes it hell for guys on offense. So, I mean, they say defense wins championships. So, if this Redwood squad is able to come out and play the defense that they really can play, and guys like Garrett Apple go off, I mean, it, you could see a Redwoods run here, and that would be pretty sweet. That being said, Marcus Holman and Will Manny have been connecting here. They've been playing their best lacrosse yet. Joey Sankey's fitting right in with this offense. And I think that the Archers are going to play one hell of a freaking game. And Timmy Troutner's going to have a tough day in net. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And, you know, bringing up the whole aspect that Joe Keegan brought up with defense, Redwood's midfield this year has been pretty lackluster. Sure, you know, there's guys like Joe Walters and everything, but, you know, Overall, for what you want from a midfield, they've probably been the most lackluster of all six teams. Being able to you know, help produce on offense, getting back to play defense, it's put a lot of pressure on the attackmen for Redwoods and a lot of pressure for the defense, and we saw that against Whipsnakes when uh, guys were out injured on the defense. Redwoods completely folded because the midfield didn't really step up to the plate. Yeah, I mean, would you say that to Sergio Perkovic's face? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> that is a large man but it's also the way muscles. it's also the way that Nat game plans you know he wants to use some of right. his midfield as extra attack and he wants to use some of his midfield as extra defense and not necessarily play them both ways which is totally fine but it's come to show that like some guys you, you potentially need them to get back on defense to to help some guys that might be gassed Right, it's almost an over-transition here. I mean, you have too many guys on and off the field occasionally. But you know what? If you're prepared for it, you're fine. And, I mean, I don't think it's been a burden too heavily on the Redwoods, as Mm -hmm. even in weeks that they've lost, they've looked good to me, other than the the one game. (laughs) But, (laughs) I mean, uh, sorry, guys, I'm just... Yeah, yeah, enjoying you and your number the two moment. Seat. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you play quickly and get into the old championship now here, yeah, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, that being said, though, I think that we're going to see a big day from a guy like Jules, who is probable on the on the uh, injured list, but I think that we're going to see him out there. I think he's excited to get back on the field. He'll, uh, he's been working out with Katie DeFeo all week, ripping G's. So, I mean... He's a kid who's going to be ready to get out there and just get after and put this offense back on his back and 
do what he's been doing all season long because he's far too talented to sit on the sidelines for this week. I can confirm, per sources uh, close to Jules Henningberg, he will be out there in Columbus, yeah. Ohio. All um, right, that is good. It's I'm glad good. we have sources. He will be out there for sure. But I agree, this is going to be a huge kind of just get-back game for Jules. You know, after he goes out with the concussion in Albany, having the week off with this bye week was huge, in my opinion, for a guy like right. him to be able to get that extra week of recovery in. And now he's going to be able to go out there and put this league on notice like he has all season long since being acquired by Redwoods and show that like he's he's an alpha on this team that's going to potentially lead them to a shot at a championship. Certainly. And then, I mean, on the flip side, we got a guy like Scotty Ratliff coming in as probably my favorite LSM in the league, who, other than Troy Ray guys, sorry, um, <laughs> Scotty Ratliff can flip this game around mm-hmm. really quickly this week. He is going to completely run this transition game for the Archers and move the ball upfield as quickly as possible. And he is very good at what he does. So, I mean, that's going to be really exciting to see because I think that, I mean, Honestly, I think that the transition game here might be what kind of dictates who wins it in the end. I think it's going to be a one-goal game, and whoever can get that one transition play in the middle of the field and score a goal off it could be what changes your future. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at this game, some some big X factors. Greg Gorenlian's two more weeks healthy, which is going yep. to pay dividends for this Redwoods team, like you said, in transition at the face-off X. And this is also the first time that Joey Sankey is playing against Redwood since the trade. So he's going to have a little extra fire and pep in his step going up against his former his former team, against his boys, to you know show him that, hey, I'm here now and I'm going for a championship with this squad because I'm no longer with you guys. Yeah, I mean, and Joey's obviously a guy who's he's looks incredibly comfortable with Will Manny and Marcus yep. Holman. I mean, they are a trio. I mean, if they make a triple bunk bed, Joey Sankey's right there in the middle between Marcus Holman and Will Manny because he is he's one of them. I mean, this kind of sounds weird, but I feel like there's personalities built between every team, and Joey's personality fits into this Archer squad much better than it did with the Redwoods. I that's agree. nothing against the Redwoods. However, I just think it's the way that these guys gel together. And that is a trio of attackmen that just honestly make me so excited to watch because they get each other it's almost like when you don't have to speak but you know what they're thinking that's the type of thing that's going on with the archers offense and i mean it's going to be lethal coming down the road here yeah it's going to be very exciting this game outside of my my redwoods fandom i think i'm most excited for this game because it is going to be so evenly matched it's going to be you know just back and forth it's going to be physical it's going to be you know a lot of finesse as well and I'm excited to see how this all plays out because it's going to be, you know, the two alphas going head-to-head with Jules and Marcus Holman. And then you've also got Captain America Tom Schreiber running the midfield for, for Archers. And, you know, he's almost an attackman in, in his own way, but he's just all over the field. Right. And you know what's kind of funny, though? I've, I talk about the Archers so often now here. And it's not that I forget about Tom Schreiber, but it's like he gets he is so talented and he doesn't have games, to do as much as he used to that and it's like he's so damn talented and just does anything that he wants that you almost overlook him because you know that he's that x factor out you there expect like expect it yeah you just expect him to be a game changer and it kind of just goes right over the seat of my pants i think is what they say <laughs> um so yeah i'm i'm very excited for that game 
let's dive into your whip snakes and chaos. Uh, I mean, this is going to be this is going to be a matchup, dude. I mean, it really is going to all depend upon which which teams show up. Which which chaos are we going to get? Are we going to get the chaos that can put up thirty points potentially, or are we going to get the chaos who kind of struggles and is not out there putting up as many points as you would kind of typically see from them? That being said, it's the same thing for the Whip Snakes. I mean, does Matt Rambo come out and go over in the first half and get benched by Stags in the second, or does he come out and score seven goals like he you know he can? So. I mean, I hope for the latter, of course, but you just never know with these teams. I mean, the, t- the league is so talented that, like, the little transitions on defense and offense that these guys can make week to week are what lead teams into madness and not putting up goals like they're used to. My, uh, you know, there's a lot of mini storylines in this game. You've got the bomb squad, obviously, from Chaos. You've got Fricaro, uh Miles Jones, Troy Ray, Jared Newman, all the guys on the bomb squad. And then you've got the guy who led the league in two-pointers in Mike Chananjuk playing for Whip Snakes. That's going to be something I monitor because, like we said last time we recorded, uh, Chani is game-changing. He is one of the most game-changing players, not just midfielders, players in this league just because of how pinpoint accurate he is launching those two bombs and being able to you know capitalize on them where you look at a chaos team, sure, they score them, but you need four or five guys in order to get them. So yeah. that's going to be an interesting you know, mini storyline to pay attention to. My X factors in this game, though, like you said, both of these teams can put up points. It's coming down to these goalies. Kyle Burnley and Blaze Reardon are going to dictate how this game ends up. I couldn't agree more. And you know what? I mean, we got roomies going up against here. I mean, Matt Rambo versus Blaze. Matt wants to freaking win this battle, mm-hmm. and you know it. He, is he wants to put Blaze... He wants to put Blaze on his Instagram story after the game on the field on doing his bend-the-knee thing. Yep. Then, you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if he forced him to do it. Maybe not on the field or anything, but, like, later on at some point. I would I absolutely said, holler. I mean, I could not agree more that this game is... I mean, Burnlore and Blaze have a lot to prove here. Not prove, but just they got to stand on their freaking head yep. because these two offenses are coming right at... That being said, we also have two of the most talented defenses. Jared Newman is going to be an X-factor across the board. I mean, stopping his shot is probably one of the hardest things for a goalie to do at any point during the season. So, I mean, he's got to be someone to watch out for. Troy joined the two-bomb committee, I guess we could call it, this week. So, I mean, these guys can work up the field and rip on Kyle. And, I mean, Earhart can do the same thing, but it's not as much of a factor. We have Chani and Earhart, but Jared and just really just Jared, honestly, scares me more than anything because yeah. he can put up four points in a matter of two shots and do it very quickly. And not so, only is it him putting up the two bombs, it's the speed that they're coming at you with. You know, he won the fastest yeah. shot competition at the All-Star game, and just being able to have that quick reaction, Kyle Burnlore is going to have an absolute day in for him i mean if jared, let's talk if about jared newman the, can get after it let's talk about the speed with their feet too like i mean jake Fercaro, dude's one of the fastest guys in the league by far yep. miles jones a mammoth of a man and incredibly fast so i mean it's gonna it's gonna be a rough day for the whip snakes defense however i think we're up for it i mean guys like bryce young are just 
so freaking talented, know their position so damn well, and I think that it's going to pay dividends this week because, I mean, we got to keep the ball out of the back of the net. It's it's going to be a freaking shootout, though. I mean, Yeah, this 17, game has shootout written all over it. 17-19, 20-19, these are going to be the scores we see in this game, I think, because it, these two teams just know how to score, and that's what they're best at. And now we don't have lineups out yet as we're recording this, but another guy I'm kind of keeping an eye on from Whipsnakes is Connor Kelly. I think he could play a big part in this game if he's able to just execute what he does best and just really not only just score but facilitate as well and just be a presence on the field with Matt Rambo, with Ryan Drenner, and with Chaney and just be another element to this this Whipsnakes attack. Right, and honestly, the funny thing about Connor is that his role out of college was score goals and score a lot of them. Here, he's a facilitator. I mean, he works the ball super well for the team and just knows where to feed it and when to feed it. So, you're completely right. I couldn't agree more, and I think Connor will be a big factor in this game that, I mean, you don't want to overlook him because it's the off-ball moves that he makes that are what can score goals very quickly. And I'm also keeping an eye on from Chaos Jack Rowlett. He's been an absolute force as a rookie this year. He's a game changer on the defensive side of things, and if he can, you know, just lock down that defensive end for Blaze and prevent Whip Snakes from being able to execute some of their shots, that's going to be a huge factor in who comes out on top. Definitely, and I mean, we'll just have to wait and see, man, because this game is going to be it's going to be something to say the least. I mean, third matchup between the two most talented teams in the league, and Every single time, it's going to be shootouts. Absolutely. And, you know, looking at these games, it's going to, I think, also just come down to the the coaching game plan for all of these teams, whether it's Redwoods, Whip Snakes, Chaos, uh, Archers, and even Chrome and Atlas, you know, playing for a, a draft pick. The, the coaching game plan going into this has to be near flawless. Yeah, I mean, that's it's every week, though, in this league, which is amazing because you're going up against the best talent, the most experienced coaches in the world, and you have to just be able to figure it out and think on your feet and get after it. That being said, I mean, I think that the coaches who are going to be most calm this week are going to be like Staggs and Dom Starger, these guys who have been in it for a very long time now and kind of understand how to coordinate a tough situation like this. Now, one thing I'm also paying attention to is this is a nice little homecoming game for Nat St. Laurent. Being an Ohio guy, he's playing in front of probably a bunch of his family members, a bunch of his players from college. This is That could play a bit of a factor in that Archers-Redwoods game, in my opinion, just from a crowd perspective, yeah. knowing that Nat St. Laurent is their guy and it's, it's his home turf. Yeah, I mean, totally, because anytime you have the slightest advantage in these games even if it just helps to earn you one goal that can be the game changer for the rest of the night i mean one goal in this league is nothing to sneeze at because they go a long way at the end of the fourth quarter absolutely and you know looking at these matchups herm before we dive into uh the official uh awards and everything like that matchups we've got whip snakes chaos the 1v2 winner automatic advance to Philadelphia in the championship game. Loser has to play in New York to get to the championship game. How do you see this one playing out? 
You know, this one, this one's gonna be a whip snakes win because you know I can't take, I can't, can't take chaos here. I have to take my snakes, and um, I actually think we're gonna win. I think that it's gonna be a close game, might even go into overtime, but I think that we are able to sneak a couple extra pass plays. Now that game is on September seventh, so Saturday at six p.m. on NBC Sports. Uh, so it'll be on TV, lacrosse on TV. Uh, so we're gonna take all these games in reverse order. So three p.m. On Saturday is the draft pick game Atlas and Chrome on NBC Sports Gold. I I like this game a lot just because it's it's got a weird X factor to it. Um, how do you see this one playing out? Um, this one's going to be tough for me. Uh, I know that you're going to take your Woods. <laughs> well, no, this is Atlas Chrome. Oh, you said Atlas. Oh, sorry, guys. Um, Atlas Chrome, I, I got to take Atlas here. I think they're too hungry not to win this game, and I think that it's going to be tough for the Chrome to match that intensity that they're about to bring out here because, I mean, these are dudes who literally played their freaking asses off last week and didn't get what they expected. So, I mean, they're ready to get after it. They're hungry, and they want Grant Ament on their team. And then uh, the Friday night game, Friday night lights, Archers, Redwoods, NBC Sports, Lacrosse on TV to kick off the playoffs. What's your pick, Herm? Now, now, now. I know we're going to be ringing that bell. I got to go with the Archers oh, here. Oh, man, you're killing me, dude. You're killing me. I know, but they just looked so good against my Whip Snakes in Albany that like, I know it's going to happen again. They're going to click. They're going to make it happen. Marcus Holman's going to have a Hattie. Will Manny's going to have a few. Joey Sankey's going to go off. Tommy Schreiber's going to have a two-bomb. So, I mean, it's going to be a combination of all that. And then Matt McMahon is just going to freaking defense the shit out of you guys. And I am I'm just excited for it, man. It's hilarious because I'm literally going opposite of every single one of your picks. Uh, I'm taking. I mean, we usually do. <laughs> I'm taking Redwoods. Uh, I just like the momentum that they have going into this one. I still don't know if uh, Whip Snakes just kind of let off the gas pedal a little bit in Albany. Uh, it was a little fishy to me. You know, they were clicking on all cylinders, and then just out of nowhere, Archers just was like, "Hey guys, you're you're good. Like we're winning this game." It, it kind of was was weird to me uh so i don't know if the momentum is fully there for archers like it is for redwoods coming out of that big win to clinch a playoff spot so i think redwoods comes out on top uh i think chrome is just gonna you know play spoiler and and be like hey we were the worst team in the league this year in terms of record we're gonna go play for that draft pick um yeah and like like you said dom starja has been here so many times before in his career I think he's going to execute a game plan that's going to shut down Atlas and make sure that he's playing for that number one draft pick in Philadelphia. And oh, then, okay. I have breaking news here. Hey, oh. Drum roll, please. Replacing Brett Queener on the Chrome roster is Alex Reddy. Now, this is a bold move, but a great one. Alex Reddy has probably been one of the most underlying talented goalies in the player pool. So, I mean, for them to throw him on this roster is pretty sick. Interesting. Where Where is that news coming that from? That is the Instagram of the Chrome. Okay. So, via the team, new goalie playing the backup role. Uh... 
I mean, they, they were going to need a goalie regardless, I, I would say. Certainly. So. And so Alex Reddy, a guy from Denver, obviously has a ton of experience playing at a high level. Um, I mean, <laughs> high level Denver. Get it? My. Um, <laughs> no, but that's sick, dude. Uh, I think I think this would be his debut. Yeah, what a plays. what a week to make it. That I mean, whether whether he plays or not, he's suiting up and getting a chance to get out there. So good for him. I had a feeling that it was gonna be Jacob Stover, but it wasn't. So I mean, hell yeah, let's get after it, Chrome. We love breaking news. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm picking Redwoods. I'm picking Chrome, and then I'm taking Chaos to win. I their offense, man, it's just it's just lethal. Miles is back, like. I, I yeah. just—it's hard to pick against it's them. A, it's a respectable pick, man. I mean, it's not like I didn't want to cons- want to consider taking them for a minute, but I had to take my whip snakes. And it would be absurdly fun to have whip snakes redwoods part three in New York. That would be incredibly <laughs> fun. I think for we a have a chance, good time with that. Not only would it be part three, but it would be for a ticket punch to the championship game. Right, and I mean. I think we all know what happened the last time these two teams played. Yeah, we all know what happened the first time. So it would literally be for the season series, a chance to go to the championship game, and it would just be drama in New York. That would be pretty fun. So, so I'm I mean, very excited for these games, man. I'm very excited. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm amped. I mean, playoff, playoff atmosphere is unlike anything else, no matter what the sport is, no matter what the league, no, no matter how long it's been around. So, I mean, I'm, I'm amped. I, that's an understatement, actually. I am, I am crisscross applesauce all around the patty whack jack. Giving a dog a bone. <laughs> giving the dog a bone. Getting ready for this playoff weekend, baby. So, on the last podcast we did... Uh, we talked about who should be nominated for different award categories. It's like the league listens to the podcast term because just yesterday they announced who is in each category and also announced, interestingly enough, that these awards will be presented on September 19th in Philadelphia, which is the Thursday before the championship game. So we might have to scout out where they're having this little award shindig so we can get some content for the people. Um, Heck yeah. But... Here are your award nominees. The Brendan Looney Leadership Award. Nominees Brody Merrill, John Galloway, Kyle Harrison. This is a no-brainer for me. It's got to go to Kyle Harrison. This guy has just been the leader, the set break. No, what's that word I'm looking at? The trendsetter, the guy who every single person on this Redwoods team can look up to, and he's been someone I've looked up to now for almost... 15 years which is insane because it feels like just yesterday so i mean kyle harrison without a doubt gets this leadership award in my mind not that's nothing against john galloway or brody merrill just i have a lot of respect for what kyle harrison does as a player this is a guy who didn't score his first goal for three weeks and still went out there grinded his ass off and showed the team what it was like to be a leader even if you're not producing in the form of goals yeah, it might have even been longer than that because I think his first goal came in Atlanta. Oh, it was. It was longer. So even longer, I thought it was Hopkins. I, yeah, See, I totally I mean, agree with you with with Kyle Harrison winning. Like, it just makes too much sense. Right. Uh, your Jimmy Regan teammate award nominees: Adam Gittleman, Mark Glassini, Mister Incredible, and John Rannigan. These are three guys that 
we don't get to talk about enough for sure, but three guys that we watch each and every week, week in and out, just do whatever they have to do for their team. That being said, there's only one guy on this list I saw take a ball off the head for his yes. team <laughs> in the goal, and that's Mark Lassini. Multiple shots I mean, off the back. Like. Right. This is the guy who literally puts himself inside of the net to try and stop shots. Like That, to me, is just insane. That's like, why you he's are Mr. A Incredible. Man, and that makes you the best teammate hands down not nothing against adam or john just mark lasini i mean adam technically does put himself in between the pipes and try and stop every shot however he has a stick and he's looking at the action yeah mark just uses his head because why not and he's he's yoked brief friend of the vlog so he's mr incredible <laughs> He is one hell of a dude. Uh, the Wells Crowther Humanitarian Award nominees. Eric Dude. Law, Justin Gutterding, Scotty Ratliff. This is too easy. Just, <laughs> you want to get into my philosophy on humanitarianism? I would love to talk about it with Scotty Ratliff because this guy is someone who is just such a beautiful human being, brings so much love and peace to this world and he does an amazing job at it he spreads the word of love every single day and you know what that is the type of guy who wins this award so scotty ratliff let's go i'm with that uh your dave huntley sportsmanship award brody merrill connor farrell joey sankey i've changed my my winner I can't choose a winner. I really can't. It's these, tough. These are three amazing human beings. I mean, they're all people who honor the game, play the game with love and intent and every reason that you should play lacrosse. And I. that being said, I have to go with Brody Merrill. This is a guy who has shown what it's like to play the sport of lacrosse for so long now and shown how to do it the right way. And that's what a true sportsman is to me. And honestly, Joey Sankey and Connor Farrell are going to be in the league for years to come, in my opinion. I think this could be the last year that Brody hangs up the spikes, maybe. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But, I mean, my dude's getting pretty old here. And you know what? I think it's about time that we give him a award in the PLL. I am going with Joey Sankey. I think, All right. you know, him just being an absolute sport playing uh, with Redwoods and then not playing for an extended amount of time and then getting traded and jumping right in with his Archer squad now and just being, you know, one of the best teammates. He could be nominated for the Teammate Award, too. Uh, right. But, you know, he was just such a good sport being able to, you know, being out of the game with all, you know, dealing with cancer and dealing with his knee issues and then coming back into it and then having to sit out an extended period of time just because, Redwoods loaded up their roster with attackmen. He just didn't really have a spot on the field. I I have to go with Joey Sankey. Uh, it's a very. I mean, uh, you could already make the argument for any one of these guys. I mean, Connor Farrell's a guy who literally just started playing the sport and honors it every single week that he steps on the field and does an unreal job at it. So I mean, that's a tough. It's a tough choice. Uh, I would never be upset with any of the. Yeah, any of those guys could win. Exactly. Your rookie of the year, the only the category, Roy. the only category with four nominees, which is tough. Timmy Troutner, Connor Farrell, Jack Rowlett, Ryder Garnsey. Uh, this is this is another tough one, man. I mean, too much talent in this league. That being said, 
I am split now between the two Redwoods guys Me on this too. list. Timmy Troutner and Ryder Garnsey, two guys who have elevated their team, to say the least. Timmy Troutner comes out every week, no matter what the freaking score is, and stands on his head and plays his heart out. So, and Ryder, Ryder's going to win a ton of awards over the years, man. So I'm going to give this one to Timmy Troutner. I was initially going with Ryder, and I think it was more recency bias because of what he did in Albany, but Timmy Troutner's been doing it since week one as a draft pick, came in, won the starting job, and has played out of his mind all season long, there's there's no doubt in my mind he's the rookie of the year. Yeah, I got to go with Timmy. It's uh, He's a really nice dude, really great human person off the field, so definitely Timmy. Your Dave Petromala Defensive Player of the Year. Garrett Eppel, Jared Newman, Tucker Durkin. This one's this tough. Is, it's tough for two reasons. Garrett Apple, the best defensive player of the year, in my opinion. Jared Newman, the best offensive defenseman. Defensive player. Right. So where do we take this? I mean, Jared's a guy who can do it on both ends. In my opinion, Garrett Apple can too. Tucker is a very heavily defensive guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he is a hard ass and so he i don't want to say he gets knocked out of my opinion for that i just think that it's now comes down to jared newman and garrett Eppel. that being said jared newman is the game changer dynamic in a player that i would give to a defensive player of the year so i have to go with jared here i love jared and you can get your jared newman newman nukes hot sauce t-shirts on our design tree storefront uh dsgntree.com just search Underground Sports Philadelphia. It is right in the storefront, along with our Chef Rambo march, our Ding Ding uh, boxing lacrosse gloves uh, for the NLL, and also our Outside the Box logo t-shirts, as well as all the other great Underground Sports Philadelphia t-shirts. You can use promo code DSGN5 for $5 off at checkout and rock your Jared Newman or, or Chef Rambo shirts during the playoffs. Uh, but like you said, Jared Newman, I agree with what you're saying there. But being that it is the defensive player of the year and what Garrett Apple did in, in cause turnovers and everything like that, that he was just absolutely a dominant force, as much as I love Jared, I'm going Garrett Apple as defensive player of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's respectable, and I obviously understand it. So it's still a great choice. I mean, Garrett can get it done on both sides of the field, and he freaking led the league in defensive categories. So, yeah, incredible. You're Brody Merrill. Long stick midfielder of the year, Scotty Ratliff, Michael Earhart. Um, as much as I want Scotty to win this award, Michael Earhart is a dynamic player. I'm going to also choose option C, Troy Ray. <laughs> um, defensive as hell, game changer for the chaos. And honestly, I think they're going to need to put some respect on his name next year because he is so damn talented. I am going with Scott Ratliff because... He was literally the only LSM for Archers all season long and just True. did the thing week in and week out, helped the offense you know, facilitate, got back on defense, he scored. He did everything as an LSM that you want, and for him to be the only one literally every single week of the season for Archers, it's tough not for me to, for me to not give Scott Ratliff the nod there. It's a great great point man i i mean the, these categories are so tough for me because 
every single person who's in them could win these awards, and I would be totally all right with it. Absolutely. Uh, the George Boyardi Hard Hat Award, Dominique Alexander, Mark Glassini, Ty Warner. Um, this is... This also is tough. tough. <laughs> this one, I really want to just give it to Mark because he took the ball off the head. That's literally my reasoning. <laughs> I think that's like, why I have to go with Ty, it. But Ty I also Warner like Dominique. Is, dude. Oh, God. See, Dom, this is why Dominique is one tough SOB. Ty Warner yeah. is one of the most physical, tough sons of guns in this league. But Mark Lassini took a shot off the head. That boy True. just, he needs a hard hat just yeah. to protect the dome. But literally any of those guys could win because they're they're tough as nails and they they do it week in and week out for their squads. Um, moving on, the Oren Lions goalie of the year: Blaze Reardon, Kyle Burnlor, Jack Kincannon. Yeah, another tough one, but you know this one's going to be a little bit easier for me. And you know what? This is actually because you convinced me of it last week. Kyle Burnlor. Yes. This he's my he's my winner here. I mean, kind I don't want to say he got overlooked because I don't think he did, but he definitely wasn't as talked about as a guy like Jack and Canner Blaze. Mm-hmm. That being said, Kyle kept us in so many games this year and absolutely stood on his head. He kept the freaking Redwoods to four goals one game. Like while Jules never- Henningberg was playing. Right. So, so I mean to, you, you just have to To keep a team to four goals kind of puts that final big pebble on the scale for me to tip it in favor of Kyle Burnlord. Yes, yeah. that's, that's uh, what you want from a goal. Kyle, Kyle Burnlord gives your chance, team a chance to win every time he goes out there and that's all that's all I can say. The Paul Cantabine face-off man of the year. This one's the toughest one because both of these guys are hashtag our guys. Joe Nardella, Trevor Baptiste. Yeah. It's tough because you get the stats that we got last week that literally said that Trevor should be like the MVP of the league. But, I mean, Joe is is so freaking dynamic, man. And I love watching him take face-offs and the grind. But I also, I mean, freaking Baptiste is... Can we split the award in half? Can we just laser saw it in half? Because they're not the same face-off guy in any way, shape, or form. They're completely two different... They both score. They're so dynamic in the way that they play the game, and I absolutely love that about them. Yeah, we're giving it to both. Yeah, let's just give it to both. Executive decision. We're going to cut the award in half and hand it to both of them. The the Gate Brothers midfielder of the year, Jake Fricaro, Ned Crotty, Tom Schreiber. This is tough to uh, not give to Tom Schreiber. Yeah, I mean Tom. Tom is the, the face of the midfield. Uh-huh. You know, it's the award that will be probably named. It's one of the awards that could be named after him one day. Obviously, the Gate Brothers are freaking the Gate Brothers yes, for a reason. Mount but Rushmore. Like, right. So like, but Tom Schreiber will be on Ru- Mount Rushmore one day. I mean, he mm-hmm. has completely revolutionized the midfield position and how he plays it. So, no offense to Jake or Ned, but Tom Tom takes this one, in my opinion, just for the dynamic factor. He's in a class of his he own. Yeah, he's one of a kind. I said it earlier, I almost overlook him because he's so freaking good. The Iman Mikanini Attackman of the Year. Connor Fields, Matt Rambo, Marcus Holman. 
this one was also tough. Oh, God. Guys, you guys probably hate me right now. I have literally <laughs> just looked at every award and said, wow, this is tough. Um, no, but, I mean, because of a future pick I'm going to make that we haven't discussed yet, I'm taking Connor Fields here. Yeah, I'm going Connor Fields just for, you know, the finesse he had on the field, the dominance he had on the field, and just the, the plain goal-scoring ability that he had all season long. He's my attackman of the year. Even though Matt Rambo led the league in points, Connor Fields, just strictly from an attackman perspective, was truly special this year. Yeah, and I mean, he he really is just one of a kind. He's an animal. He makes it happen, and just dominance is an understatement. The Dick Edel Coach of the Year. Andy Towers, Jim Stagnita, Chris Bates. I uh, I personally have to give it to the official head coach of the Outside the Box podcast, Andy Towers. He's the first head coach to come on the show. He got his team to the number one seed. It's hard to not give the nod to Andy Towers. I have to give it to my guy, Coach Staggs, because, I mean, what he's done with this Whipsnakes team has shown a leadership and understanding of his guys unlike any other. I mean... I'm going to reference the benching Matt Rambo thing one last time here, but, I mean, that's a big move for an experienced coach to sit his rookie, well, rookie to the league, out and say, listen, man, we're going to do something about this and we're going to mature a little here and we're going to we're gonna work on this together. And it's stuff like that that we don't really necessarily see on the field all the time that Staggs is doing to help this team. And, I mean... He's just, he's such a dynamic coach. He's done such an amazing job. He has one of my favorite coaching staffs in the league, and I have to give it to him because he's really just rallied these troops together and freaking let them take him to the promised land. I will counterpoint you because it's fun. Kicking it back way to the beginning of the season when Andy Towers literally went on Twitter to say that he had a man-to-man discussion with Jeremy Thompson about how he was going to be benched. And Jeremy That's a great, great point. took it, you know, like a professional that he is. And, you know, he was cool about it, was willing to do whatever it took to help the team win. And for Andy to, you know, feel comfortable enough from the conversation he had with Jeremy to put that out on social media, uh, I thought was huge because it just shows the trust that his players have with him to be able to voice that to the public. And, that's something that I think should not be overlooked, but I can also agree with what you said about Stags and benching Rambo. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, it's just these two coaches are completely different. Stags is more of an old-school guy, and he's not going to hop on Twitter and say something like that, but he's going to show you in the actions that he makes on the sideline. Coach Andy Towers is going to get on social media, he's going to let you know how he feels, what is happening, and why it's happening, Mm -hmm. and he's going to address it head-on. So, I mean... Two very different ways to go about it. Two different ways guys can react. And I think that they each are just as effective as the other as long as your guys are receptive and respect you. So, I mean, am I kind of disappointed that Nat St. Lorenz not on this list? Yes, because I think that he might even have won the award for me. That being said, his record didn't reflect it, and I understand why he's not there. So, I mean, this one comes down to the coach that I think did a best job at getting his guys together and playing as a whole, and I think that was Jim Stagnita. And it's, it's a totally fair argument. The Jim Brown MVP. Connor Fields, Matt Rambo, Tom Schreiber. 
So, like I said earlier, the reason I didn't take Connor, or the reason I took Connor, wasn't because I felt bad for him, but because I think he needed to win an award. However, I don't think that it was the MVP award. I think that Matt Rambo wins this one because he is the guy who, without him on his team, they aren't performing the way that they did. Matt Rambo was a game changer for the Whip Snakes all season long. He led the offense in every way, shape, or form. He makes the game look easy and fun, and honestly, he just kind of makes makes lacrosse a little bit more interesting. And honestly, I don't be shocked if in a couple of years this guy is the face of lacrosse. I don't want to say the next Paul Rabel, but just another dude in the spotlight who advocates for the game heavily. Yeah, I have to go Matt Rambo for my MVP because, you know, he led the league in scoring. He was dynamic. He was vocal. Um, he he elevated the play of guys around him who are already, you know, MVPs in their own, you know, way. You know, Ryan Drenner, Mike Chan and Chuck, just the entire Whipsnakes team. When Matt Rambo was out there, those guys' games got elevated. And this is not a, a slight at Connor at all, but, you know, when guys like Miles Thompson and Josh Byrne were out of the lineup, you kind of saw Connor get a little bit exposed where he would get double teamed and not be able to do as much as he's able to do when those two guys were next to him because he felt comfortable with those guys next to him and the way they played together. That being said, Matt Rambo literally just took his team and took whip snakes to another level each and every game that they were out there together and that's why he's my mvp yep i mean it's it's hard because connor's my favorite player and i think he's the best player in the world and tom is a guy who honestly deserves this award just as much as the next guy but but matt is the biggest game changer and honestly i think most valuable stands for most needed on a squad and that is what Matt Rambo did for the Whips this year. He was the Matt Valuable player. That's what the M stands for. He was something like that for sure. (laughs) Uh, And I also thought it was very cool, Herm. The PLL is doing a bracket challenge. Uh, Right. I mean, this is sick. This is something that rallies people together. Think about how many freaking people do March Madness every single year. How many bets are being placed now just on PLL brackets? I mean, freaking, I don't know. Paul Rabel's out of the playoffs can he make himself a bracket worth a lot of money <laughs> well i think all six teams are in so uh, that's true i mean they are okay never mind i completely rescind what i just said <laughs> we don't um, need any we don't need points uh point shaven here or anything by any of the guys but i mean the bracket challenge idea and concept like you said for how many people fill out march madness brackets each and every year how many people fill out uh you know NHL hockey playoff brackets, NBA playoff brackets. Like brackets are fun to fill out. It's it's just a thrill. It's similar to, you know, fantasy football and it gets people engaged, it gets people talking, it drives a discussion even more, and that's what the PLL has been trying to do all season long. They've succeeded at it, and this is just, you know, a cherry on top to bring this whole social aspect of this league together. People just love their brackets, man. I mean, I'm a big bracket guy myself. I, I've been, I'm starting college. I take a lot of notes, put everything in brackets. So, I mean, yeah, brackets. Hashtag brackets. Hashtag brackets. I think that's all we got for you guys this week. Did I miss yeah. anything, Herm? I, I think that's about it. I mean, we have some big NLL stuff coming up with you guys next week. We have two episodes again next week. But if you haven't already, make sure to go take your iPhone out of your pocket while you're listening to the rest of this episode, 
log on to Apple Podcasts, make Underground Sports Philadelphia a five-star rating and review. Make sure that your review has a question or something funny in it so that we can read it on the show. Playoff and give you a little bit of maybe some playoff predictions. We want to give you a shout-out. So if you go and do that next week, you'll get a shout-out on the show. And, um, guys, we got some playoff lacrosse. We talking about playoffs? We talking playoffs. about playoffs, baby. So I'm pretty amped. We're going to be in Columbus. And uh, I'll keep you up to date with the vlogs, guys, because they are going to be popping this week. And like Herm said, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't have an iPhone, you can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at OTBLaxPod, at UndergroundPHI. Follow Herm on the Twitter.com at OTBHerm. And subscribe to his YouTube channel. He's been putting up some very fun college tutorial videos lately that, you know, when I'm getting ready for bed, I just pop in, check my subscriptions. Herm's got a new episode on his YouTube channel up at midnight. It's the perfect way to end your day. Not tonight, though. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it was it was a long day. I had three classes and a sushi date, so um, it, it wasn't like a date date, guys. Don't worry, I'm still single. If he you want to hit me with, up, <laughs> he had a date with the sushi. Yeah, it was excellent. But uh, until next time, it's late here. Herm's got school in the morning. I love you guys. Thank you for being awesome. And um, you know what, man? Go out and spread some love tomorrow because in this world of all this hatred and sadness we have, it's never enough love. Not all clouds are sad. We will see you guys in Columbus. If you're there, let us know. Herm's got stickers. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very, very much looking forward to getting back on the PLL circuit and uh, following this playoff run. So if you'll be in Columbus, hit us up on Twitter at OTBLaxPod or on Instagram, same handle, and let us know where you'll be because we'll meet up with you, we'll hang out, and we're going to have a good time. We will be getting food at one point in time in Columbus, though, at Legacy Barbecue. So if you are in the area, if you like barbecue, this is an open invite to Coach Andy Towers as well because he looks like a big barbecue guy. Legacy Barbecue Smokehouse, we will be there some point like this a weekend. big barbecue guy. <laughs> big barbecue guy. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. If you want to, um, I will be giving out stickers, free hugs, and um, maybe some advice. So, Legacy Barbecue, we'll see you there. It's right around the corner from the stadium. And uh, I just can't wait. It's going to be a see blast. Map free stadium this weekend. Columbus, Ohio, outside the box has taken over. So, until then, this has been another episode of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Herm, I'm Kyle. We are signing off. Peace.